saying it was intolerable. The toggery and the warmongering and the brutality of Putin. You wouldn't stand for it. Urgent action had to be taken. But we've got to be much more careful with the Palestinians and their treatment. And I haven't even got time to the briefing I organised this week about the people of Yemen. And how Saudi Arabia, the most despotic regime in the world, armed to the teeth by the United States, Britain, France and others, killing 337,000 people in Yemen in the last five years, 10,000 children. Any action against the United States for arming them? Uh, Or Britain? Or France? Or Saudi itself? No. No action. No sanctions. No outrage. Words of concern. We'll raise it. We'll raise it. We'll call on them to do things. Now, you see, if you're going to have moral standards, those standards have to be consistent. Otherwise, they are not standards at all. They are just cynicism. And, of course, we all know the reason that the standards are not consistent is because to call out the apartheid state of Israel would be to run foul of the concerns of certain states that are now presenting themselves as defenders of democracy uh, and so on, such as the United States, the UK, Germany and other powers, whose relationship with Israel, supporting it and backing it, means that the European Union's uh, moral credentials uh, are bankrupted uh, and that they are not willing to take the action. And we go along with that. That is not acceptable. So I appeal to you, Minister, I appeal to you to uphold the tradition this country has, going right back to its foundation, to opposing oppression uh, of peoples and standing up against brutal powers that are willing to subjugate people like the Palestinians or any others. Show some moral backbone, show some consistency and support the motion that we have circulated to every TD in this House. No doubt about it, we're living in times of catastrophic crisis where the lives of innocent civilians are sacrificed in the wars of their masters. Yes, in Ukraine, but not only. Since the last plenary, tens of thousands of Afghani citizens have been forced to flee in search of food and safety. Five million children face famine, an agonising and painful death, a 500% increase in child marriages and children being sold just so they can survive, and not a mention of it, not here, not anywhere. No wall-to-wall TV coverage, no emergency humanitarian response, no special plenaries, not even a mention in this plenary, no Afghani delegations and no statements. My God, they must be wondering What makes their humanitarian crisis so unimportant? Is it the colour of their skin? Is it that they're not white? They're not European? That their problems come from a US gun or a US invasion? Is it that the decision to rob their country's wealth was taken by a despotic US president rather than a Russian one? Because, my God, all wars are evil and all victims deserve support. And until we get on that page, we have no credibility whatsoever.
Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, March 10th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Claire Daly, you just saw speaking right there, and you know what? You're damn right. Everything she said there was so exactly correct, and it's amazing that people will... I don't, I don't even understand how that's possible to be ignored, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to, and this is the absurd part of where we are in this clownish discussion today, that it doesn't have to mean that that's the only part of this or only one side is correct and so on. It's, it's a little bit insulting that we even have to play this game and it shows you how willfully dishonest these people are being. It, it, it's, in, it's infuriating. The lives of the Afghani people or the Palestinian people or the Syrian people or the Iraqi people or the Bolivian people or the Yemeni people or an endless string that I could keep going on, they matter too, don't they? Not just the one type of person we want to point at in the moment and pretend like that's not being racist while they pretend they're fighting racism or on and on and on. It's infuriating. Today, we're going to go through some more information around this to start, but it's going to be a shorter show because I'm only going to focus primarily today on the new UK data that came out to go over this yet again. But I just, I'm going to try to go through quickly the parts I have today to start with the foreign policy that I just couldn't miss. I had to discuss these today and show you some contradictions happening in all of this. But there's so many people out there that are standing up right now and talking about this. Like, like Barrett, like, like Claire Daly, like, uh, who was the other person I was just thinking of? Um, I have his name. Uh, oh, uh, well, uh, uh, Mick Wallace. There's plenty of them. That, and interesting how most of them seem to be from the Irish Parliament. But there's a lot of people out there that are standing up and speaking out about this from all around the world. People from independent media, people from political standpoints. It's a lot. But the main, the Western press, the corporate media will not show that. It's a willful deception to censor and remove and attack anything anywhere that goes against the narrative, even if you think that's wrong. Even if you think that side of the narrative is incorrect, they're still stopping you from even being able to see what the other side is saying. That's incredible to me. I mean, even right now in the United States, I'm probably 20% of the time able to see what's happening on TASS or RT, any of these networks. They're openly saying we're going to go after Sputnik and these different platforms, but some of these like, T- like TASS or TAS or however you pronounce it, .com are just not coming up anymore. And as far as I understand it, you can still access Fox and CNN. There are plenty of places in places around the world, like in Russia, despite the fact that they're going after BBC in different locations. It's an interesting dynamic to see here. Both sides are wrong for censoring anything. The reality, though, is to watch this side of it stand up and make this big declaration about all the things that are happening and the war crimes and the censorship. And just like she said, it is absolutely gross to watch them pretend like they care about these things while they're the ones causing them in the most I mean, right now, let's say you care about Russia and the Ukraine situation. And let's say everything they're saying about it is true. Does, why does that one matter more so than Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria or Yemen or all of the rest of the places that are currently dealing with these problems? The, the largest, I mean, uh, humanitarian disaster in Yemen, the crisis that's going on there has been that way for decades. And that's not just because it's happening. It's because it's being created by the U.S. and by Saudi Arabia and by France and by the U.K. and allowing it to happen. As she said, where's all the outrage there? Do we not care about those people? Now, meanwhile, behind all of this, yeah, the, the, the catastrophic vaccine administration, the injection administration is still continuing. There's still the forceful efforts and the quiet laying of, of policy to force people down the line the next time they act like there's a problem. It's already happening. They're still pushing this through as the numbers continue to show a catastrophic decline, exactly like we told you it would. 
as the booster shot continues to be worse and worse. I'm just waiting for them to jump to the fourth one and start looking at only that one as the third becomes just as problematic as the first two, because that's exactly what is happening. Now we're going to go through all of this today and show it all to you. Like we have a hundred times before and show you how catastrophically bad it has gotten. 90% of the deaths in the UK in this last week and the weeks before that in this report are on the side of the fully injected or just injected in general. Now you'll get a couple more data points from this that are going to shock you or probably not surprise you, but should still be shocking that right now you're going to find that the over 80 category is outrageous. 90 plus percent of the deaths in these categories are on the side of the vaccinated. And that's crazy, especially when they're claiming they're the, the most risk. And you'll compare that with the side of the same category, 80 plus of not injected and see that it is a fraction of the deaths. How do you even make sense of that? As well as plenty of other examples, how this is completely continuing to increase in every category of the vaxxed. You're going to look from week to week, as I keep showing you, and the, the percentage and the risk, both majority and the percentage continue to increase, while the percentage and the majority of the uninjected continues to decrease. I don't care how you spin that. That's the opposite of what should be happening if they're telling you the truth. We're going to go through it today. So let's jump right into it today and start off with First of all, just where I grabbed this from, from Sarah Abdallah is where I first saw this. Always continuing to point out what's really going on in regard to their lack of coverage. Just in case, look, you want to just check out her feed and take a look at some of the different things she's recently sharing. She's usually up. Her, Robert Inlakesh, and a few others are pretty much on the tap about letting you know when there's been strikes in Syria that they never want to tell you about. Or when they kill civilians in these different locations and they never seem to care about it. It's just important to keep up on her reports. So here, for example, March 7th, just a few days ago, Israel just casually bombed Syria, and yet no one in the civilized world ever bats an eyelash, right? Did, you, did, you, did they cause this? Did, did everyone start putting Syrian flags on all their accounts? Did the, the Western press come out in lockstep and start screaming about how we need to do something about Israel? No, not at all. Not even remotely. This is not Ukraine. Reported pictures from last night's armed lethal aerial bombardment of civilians in Damascus. No, not even, not just what? Because we think Iran might be there. You can just bomb the center of the capital, the capital of the civilian center of Damascus. Apparently so. Nobody cares. How gross it is to pretend like you care about these things while this is happening and you just ignore it. I mean, at least, it, at least say that you think it's fake, right? It's not fake. My point is to pretend it, just not even address it implies you think it probably is propaganda or something like that. At least acknowledge that it's there. Nope doesn't matter. Those people's lives don't matter. According to the very people that scream that you're only allowed to say certain people's lives matter, right? Showing you the reality of how ridiculous they truly are. Now, on censorship, before we get into the bulk of it, just want to give a huge shout out to Super U. What a great tweet this was today. First of all, before we get to their tweet addressing the point, here's what Gabriel Weinberg had to say. In case you don't know who he is, he's the CEO and founder of DuckDuckGo. You know, that browser that's supposed to be fighting for you, right? I guess right up until they show their true colors around the censorship of the Ukraine-Russia situation. Here's what he said today, or yes, today, or yesterday. Like so many others, I'm sickened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, right? Because he just there's no context there. There's no buildup where U.S. government was doing everything they possibly could to cause this to happen, whether or not the invasion is bad, or of the ongoing ethnic cleansing of the Donbass people by the white supremacist government that they've openly called out up until they weren't allowed to talk about it anymore. Oh, none of that even matters, right? Because we're sickened by what we're supposed to be sickened by and the gigantic humanitarian crisis that it continues to create. Exactly. 
which is still being exacerbated by the very people on the ground that we're talking about. And that includes Russia, but you can't just take one side of this and act like it's only one side of this. Or rather, you can't only look at one side of it and pretend like that's the only thing happening. He goes on to say, at DuckDuckGo, we've been rolling out search updates that downrank sites associated with Russian disinformation. So all that means is they've decided the narrative they don't agree with, and we're going to start downranking anything that even associates with that idea. That's what it says right there. So let's just pretend like there's an honest person out there reporting what they think is the truth. If they've decided that's Russian disinformation, they're going to associate you with that and downrank your site because you're now Russian disinformation because they've decided that. These people have never been on your side. In addition to downranking site associated with disinformation, we also often place news modules and information boxes at the top of DuckDuckGo. This is ne- if, they're, if they're doing this, they've never been on your side, guys, ever. DuckDuckGo's mission is to make simple privacy protection accessible to all. You guys are disgusting, Gabriel, and you're showing your true colors. And Odyssey's on it. We're all sickened by this. It, uh, by this is, it, oh, he says, we are all sickened by this, is, but this is not the right approach. Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest, that's a little bit of a waffly response by Odyssey because that's, well, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I would agree. People were sickened by what's happening. So, I, you know, based on Odyssey's statements so far, I would say this is pretty consistent because they're saying, look, we're, we're, this is bad. We, should, we shouldn't censor it. Not really taking the side. So I just be coming out that statement. Anyway, the point being, they're taking a really obvious approach here. We are going to censor you if you say what we don't agree with. Never use DuckDuckDo again ever. Right? I mean, this is where we need to be, guys. We can't start, we can't play these games anymore. Right? Stop. Vote with your dollar. Don't just go to Starbucks because you need your latte. Stop going there if they wake you wear a mask. Stop going there if they make you do. We need to start standing by what we believe in. Absolute at this point, guys. These people have never been on your side, whether or not you agree with this. The, the, I, their side of the argument. If you, even it doesn't matter if you believe Russia is the biggest villain of all time. They're still censoring people when they claim to be a platform that wouldn't do that, or rather that would not be what Google was or YouTube was. It's just wrong. Now, back to YouTube, uh, Super U. Censorship is not the answer. You know, and my point being is this is Super U is going to take a stance that will defend you, even if whoever's behind that account doesn't agree with your political stance. At the very least, that's where they currently are, and they upheld that so far. So that's all we had to go by, guys, is go to the platforms that are standing by you. That's what we need. And it seems like Odyssey, Super U, BitChute, they've all made it clear. They are going to be standing by you, and they will stand in the way of the people trying to censor you for saying what you believe or proving what you know to be true. They also put down highlighting quality information and downranking misinformation are not tools built overnight. Great point. It seems DuckDuckGo has been biasing search results for some time. User beware, right? Excellent point. Exactly. So if you guys are unfamiliar with SuperU, make sure you check it out. This is where we're focusing most of our broadcast from, from TLAF, as well as every, other places we're going. But that's the focal point we tend to use right now because there is ways you can donate and support and they will not censor. That's what it really matters about right now. It's incredible that we're at a point where people are pretending this kind of censorship is acceptable. Now, to start out with a point, right now, see, I'm reminding myself my mind. I don't want to take forever on this. Please get light a fire under me on the chat, guys, if I take too long. (laughs) Now, this is important. I'm really mad at myself for not covering this already. I saw this like weeks ago and was very quickly, easily found to be not what it looked like. 
In fact, I saw this before somebody had altered the audio and lied to everybody about it and still was being framed as something it wasn't. And I still was, I didn't, I just said, you know, people are smart. We're not going to fall for this. And now I don't want to call out the people that were sharing this with me. I believe they're showing it to me because they want me to look, see what's happening around it. But you'll notice, first of all, that this is, it's, it's a picture of body bags. And okay, there's, of course, somebody added a fake thing underneath that it. it says Ukrainian health ministry, 57 dead. Now, my gut tells me this was not people from, you know, the side calling out the, the, the lies around the Ukraine dynamic and faking it to, for their own truth. It could be. It happens. That does happen, if not just as much. People lying for their truth from both sides of the false two-party paradigm. But I do. my gut would tell me this is put out there by people that want to frame people like me. That's just how I feel about it. I could be wrong. It could just as easily be somebody who believes exactly what I believe and faked this to sell their narrative. That happens. But there is counterintelligence happening everywhere right now. So the point is, put this out, make it look like that, get people, because that's how they view people like me. They don't believe we're doing due diligence. They don't believe we're smart enough to think past what we look at. And I, I know that we are. But so they pump, they put this out there and hope that we grab it, put it out there. And so see, they're faking news in Ukraine, even though they really very obviously are doing that. And we'll touch on that next. Even if it is true, it doesn't, it's wrong to do it like that. Now you can hear there's English now. Look, I, you know, we're going to use the at nine people wounded them in a number of locations around the country. Okay, so some, that's not what it was, guys. So here, here's the actual video. This is a video from February 4th, 2022, and I believe it was about climate change. Either way, it was a protest. These people are protesting. The, the language is not English. I believe it's in, in Vienna, I believe was the original post. Now, why is it so difficult for some people to go out there and, and, and do this kind of due diligence? Some people, I'm not talking about people that share it with me or the people in the chat, but there are people out there that will happily take this at face value from a tweet or an Instagram or a TikTok just because it looks the way it looks. What is wrong with us? Why do we do that? We need to be better than that, be better than the mainstream media. Now, on top of that, might the people that would alter this, that's the problem today. From whatever side of the two-party paradigm, we know it's happening on all those sides. People are lying to, they're, they're lying for their truth altering things because in their mind, they're going, well, we know this is true. So we're going to fake it to get their attention. And because it's true, it makes it okay. No, it doesn't. You're just as bad if you do that. Whoever altered the English in this and altered the audio was either somebody trying to trick people like me or somebody who believes that narrative is trying to sell it with a lie. Either way, that's bad. None of us should be like that. My point is, guys, that it's so much of this going around. Don't fall for it. Be better than that. Okay, we need to be very careful with this. Thank you for the person that shared it with me because I needed to talk about this. It's important that we share this. Here's the here's the antidote to this argument. Have this, share it. The problem is there are fact checks out there that are saying, oh, they're all wrong. And that's the, you see those and the people run from, oh, fact checks are always wrong. So that's not the truth. They're making stories like this so that we can be fact checked. It's that stupid, right? And on top of that, you've got some of these main, these people on the side of the only the Ukraine narrative is true and everything Russia says is false, who are also ridiculous, who are pointing in this and going, people are, who are pro-Russia are sharing this and saying that everything Ukraine is fake. And that, see, that's how that works. It's all, it's, they all, everyone on either side of those two-party paradigm nonsense are all manipulative in some way. Not all of them, I shouldn't say, but the ones doing this, right? Now, my point in showing you this is because, look, the, I think my gut would tell me that's to get ahead of this story. We already showed you this. We showed this when it came out. Kit Knightley knocking out of the park yet again back on February 27th. Do you know how many fake stories have come out around Ukraine since then? Now, look, I hear a lot of arguments from by the Russia's fake news, too. And they're, they lied about the. I would love to see it. 
And I promise you guys, I'm going out of my way to look in every possible, I mean, mainstream media, people on Twitter that are saying we're all lying. Show me the kind of evidence we have in this kind of article that proves that Russia released something that's verifiably false. I don't see it. If you in the chat have seen something like that, send it to me. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend that Russia wouldn't lie. Russia would probably lie as a matter of policy if it, you, if it, if it, in, if it was in the interest of their narrative. So would the U.S. So would any government. My point, though, nonetheless, is that all I have in front of me right now is stuff like this. And we went through this. This is really embarrassing. The, the ghost of Kiev doesn't exist. And even mainstream media has come out and, and made clear that it's fabricated. Russian planes flying over Kiev, which is this picture right here, it was fake. That, in fact, was flying over Russia, and you could prove it with these images. And here's the video. I mean, we went through all of this one by one the last time we did this. And the problem is until people actually see it, like the person who doesn't believe this will disregard it without even looking because they know it's fake news. They know, right, up until we take the time to just very quickly do something like this and be like, there's the video. Right. It's in Moscow from 2020. You can verify it for yourself. But yet here's the headline from a Ukrainian outlet saying this is over Ukraine. We're being attacked. It's fake news. And it's every single spot we could look at. Zelensky visiting the troops. That was the biggest propaganda push I've seen yet. What a hero. What a normal guy. It was all fake. And the pictures are verifiably from from before this ever started. You can look it up for yourself, guys. This is a Reuters picture from April 9th. This is before it ever started. And they're using that picture in his tweets from his account to say, look at what we're doing. My point is, guys, that there has been verifiable. I, I, I can't stop. These are, <laughs> these are This is from China. And this is what they sold you as being a power plant in Ukraine. They got attacked by Russia. And everybody was, oh, my God, they're attacking power plants. It's going to get out of control. Here's one from a video game that was verifiably from a video game that they sold it to you as on a television station as attacking Russian ships. It's ridiculous. Now, my point is not to say that every single thing anywhere coming from the Ukraine side is fake. But if we have this much verifiable evidence and people like the colonel on Fox News himself spoke and said, look, we can within 24 hours, most of what they're putting out is being shown to be false. Why are we even remotely taking at face value what they're saying after that or from the Russian government? That's always on that point, guys. You know, my stance question at all. All I'm trying to argue is there are people that are taking it from one side without any due diligence while question, well, not even questioning, ignoring from the other. So back to this point, stories like this are being used to undermine the reality of what this is. Because all they're going to do is say, when we point at stuff like this, they're going to send you this and go, no, here's what they're sharing. See, fake news. It's easy as that. Rather, what they're going to do is share the Reuters fact check that says, that's fake. There you go. They're lying about everything because it makes it easy for them. But here's your ammunition. Keep it with you. Now, here's another one of a few things we're going to go through before we start showing you. Now, I don't, I'm not saying I know for sure this is fake. What I am saying, first of all, is this is being shown with no disclaimer, no graphic thing, no, nothing, nothing like you're going to see on all the videos we'll show you next from Patrick Lancaster where they're going, you, this has just been deemed inappropriate and, and offensive and not even remotely as bad as these. But apparently that's what you, they just don't want you to see from the other side of this. Now. Here is a, something put out by TMZ. TMZ of all people. Like everyone in the chats are saying, all of a sudden TMZ is posting graphic images. It's, it's all about getting you upset. And the point and they're making in there too is why is this even necessary? Why, and, and I mean, I would argue I understand why it's necessary from my perspective because if they're not posting the imagery, I, I'm not, I mean, it, even with the images, I'm questioning it. But if they're just statements, that's, that's ridiculous. So I do understand why you would want to post this for verification, but why are you censoring only one side of it? But here's my point. 
This says real footage. Like, it's funny that you even have to say that, right? As opposed to the fake footage they put out. Yeah, exactly. Real footage of Ukrainian family killed by Russian missile attack revealed. A missile attack, huh? Are we really pretending that makes sense? These people are just weirdly propped up against the edge of this area where there's no indication whatsoever of any kind of missile attack. Are are we going to pretend that street looks like it was hit by any kind of munition? Now, were they moved? Maybe, but wouldn't that make a difference then? You see what I'm saying? This is just media just blindly taking at face value what they're getting directly from Ukrainian manipulators. Now, I only say it like that because they've already been caught for manipulating. On top of that, we know that it's a puppet government that's been put in place by the U.S. government after their people shot people in the Maiden Square, as even the, the uh, was a minister of Estonia, and were, they were discussing openly on the clip we played. They know that it was U.S. forces or people backed by the U.S., and they just didn't care. And that and they put and installed a white supremacist government, which we verified endlessly. And even Newsweek and plenty of other outlets have continued to point at it as late as January of this year, saying these are dangerous people. Slotkin, Democratic representative, came, went to Blinken and said these people are terrorists and they didn't care. But yeah, but now when we call them that, we're fake news, apparently. How does that make sense? My point is, guys, this does not seem legitimate to me. And nobody's asking any questions. How is it a missile strike? And if it was, they're obviously not in the right spot. And if it was a missile strike, how do you explain that they don't even look like they were, there's an explosion. All I see is clothes that look completely unaffected and some blood spattering. Trust me, I'm not trying to downplay that people could have been and are being hurt. I know that's happening. But what we need to recognize, there's a aggressive effort to misrepresent what's going on. And nobody wants to ask these questions. And when you do, they just go, how dare you? But of course, when it's the other side, it's, they, they don't even b- question. They don't even balk at completely calling it fake. While we're literally showing dead children and people on the ground, they're just like, that's Russian fake news. Why is one acceptable, not the other? You're going to see as we go through this how grossly hypocritical they're being. Here's the next point. Ukraine war. BBC, of course. I mean, gar- one, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, guys, BBC is, is exponentially worse than even CNN. They're all bad. Fox News, all of it. They're all manipulators in my mind. But as Vanessa has made very clear, Bealey in our interviews and plenty of other discussions, I mean, they are like the top, top, top propagandists. And it's gross to the point to where they're literally embedding and in fact covering up for open terrorism. I mean, it's it's bad. And you're going to see it the same way today. Three dead as maternity hospital hit by Russian airstrike. Now, certainly could this have happened? 100%. I have no doubt in my mind that any government would carry something like this out if they saw a benefit in it. But when we know they've already lied to you about all this stuff, wouldn't we need verification? Well, I should hope so, but apparently not from the BBC, or at least they don't prove it to you. They say they did and just tell you that. On top of that, what we have on the other side is undeniable. Actual video, people on the ground, multiple confirmations of, and this, I'm talking about Patrick as as well as others, which I'll show you in a minute, where this has been ongoing for years and well before this thing started on February 25th, but that didn't matter. But now when you hear, when you're told from representatives of Ukraine, see, here we go. I wanted to go fast through this. <laughs> I can't stop. Then they just reported 12 hours ago. So 12 hours. And we're going to pretend that the BBC has already done their due diligence. And everyone knows this is the truth that they people. On, nope. That didn't happen guys. And understand that almost all of this is happening in the Donetsk region region. So every single one of these things they're pointing at, are, are, they're actually arguing that Russia, who is 100% supporting not the Donbass region becoming Russia, but continually stating that they want their independence and we're going to represent their independence. Sure, that could change afterward, but they keep saying that. 
And they're going to argue that Russia is bombing inside that region. Understand that we're not talking about necessarily like the front, like there is an ongoing battle, but they've pushed far into Ukraine and we're pretending like Russia's just bombing inside of the Donbass region. How does that even remotely make sense? Nobody's questioning any of it. My point is, this is pretty clearly Ukrainian white supremacist government who's been aiming at these people for eight years, continuing to bomb in there and just pointing at things and saying, like the kindergarten that we pointed out in the beginning, that kindergarten was in the Luhansk region. And, and, and yet they're, and they lied about it and said it was over in the other side. They're lying to us. But well, well, you'll see what I mean. So this says three people, including a, chi- and a child, were killed in Russian strike on a maternity and children's hospital in where? Mariupol. Don't forget how we keep telling you before it all started that this was a place that they told you this was going to be the focal point of the manipulation. And here we are. Now, could they have said that because they are doing it and they wanted to cover that up? Of course that's possible. But continue to watch the continuity here of who's actually continually proven to be caught lying and who just they keep pointing at and saying, well, they're liars without proof. Uh, And the point is, officials say. So this whole story is coming from Ukrainian officials and the BBC goes, okay, no question, report. Because they know what they're supposed to be doing. Now, that's that's across the board. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that the Western press has just decided amongst their clicky, you know, elitist circles that this is the, quote, right thing to do. We support Ukraine because they're the right ones. And so from there forward, it doesn't even matter anymore. And they actually believe it. They believe that's the right thing. So when you see anything you don't agree with, well, it must be fake. I'm not even going to look at it. Same with COVID, same with everything else. The right thing was mass vaccine. So if, you're, if, you, if you think otherwise, you're a disgusting human being. We can't even dignify your response. That's where we are today. It's the same thing. Officials say. Now, wouldn't you ask a question about that when you say, well, we do know that they've been caught lying a few times and we do know that these people are white supremacists. So maybe we should be like, hey, maybe question what they're saying, but not the BBC. Directly from Zelensky. He said this is happening. That's the story, guys. Zelensky said the same guy that lied about what he was doing on the ground, the same guy that keeps lying about what's happening on Ukraine said and BBC reported. Don't miss that. Sort of how when Zelensky said, stop Visa MasterCard, and the same day they stopped using in Russia, they stopped with Russia. Don't miss that. Now, he says he also posted footage, apparently, from inside the hospital. Apparently? Great journalism, BBC. A great follow-up. Couldn't you have vetted? Couldn't you? The point is, there's a thousand ways that you could have actually verified whether that was, in fact, the hospital. In fact, all having, you know, maybe people check it before you report it, but no. Zelensky said, so apparently this is the hospital, because Zelensky said. Pablo Krilinko, the head of the Donetsk Regional Administration, who is absolutely not part of this Donetsk Republic. In fact, it's a Ukraine puppet that's being set. They just like it's like when they point at Hadi in Saudi Arabia and say the Yemeni people think this. No, they don't. Your puppet thinks that and you're pretending to represent everybody. But apparently the head of the Donetsk Regional Administration, who includes the port of Mariupol, had said no deaths had been confirmed and there were no confirmed injuries amongst the children. He said the attack happened during an agreed ceasefire with the Russian side, according to Interfax Ukraine. The Mariupol City Council said the strike had caused colossal damage and the published footage showed burning buildings, destroyed cars, and a huge crater outside the hospital. Well, do you see that? I don't, I mean, I don't see any picture. I mean, look, I got some really high level views of different buildings. Isn't it strange? They keep saying a lot of this stuff. I don't see it. In fact, I look at the people they just showed you on the ground and I don't even see any bombings. I just see people. He said colossal damage, destroyed cars, huge craters. Seems like that would be an easy thing to show, wouldn't it? The BBC has verified the location of the videos. Cool. Thanks, BBC. I don't know why we'd trust you any more than anything. We don't understand how it's possible in modern life to bomb children's hospitals. 
People can't believe it's true, said the manipulator. Well, okay, so we're realizing that, first of all, the very thing they're discussing, you know, bombing the hospitals, has been continuing to happen on the side of the Donbass region from long before this started. Or the fact that we continue to prove to you many times how either U.S. representatives or U.S. government itself have bombed hospitals in Syria and Iraq and everywhere else you want to point at. And all they do is go, the other side did it, which keeps being done. Over and over and over. I mean, it's, it's just reverse prop. It's unreal. But of course, because I say that, we're going to be Russian shills and they're going to call you a terrorist. And they're going to do with, with what evidence exactly? Well, here, let's go through starting on today and go backwards from Patrick Lancaster reports on the ground. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to show you parts of these. Please take the time to check out his channel yourself and understand what he's been doing and the video documentation from the ground and independent confirmation from guys. This is the opposite of what you're getting from the other side. Children living in bomb shelters their entire lives during this process. Now, that's happening apparently on the other side, but we get told from the my point is you get Western press that report on these children in the bomb shelters. Apparently, I just saw CNN going, oh, this girl is singing, let it go in her bomb shelter, and we're all upset. Like, why is that the report? Because you want to emotionally manipulate somebody. The report should simply be that people are in bomb shelters, not that you're talking about the one child that you, I mean, all I'm saying is throughout history, we've watched them continually emotionally propagandize one side of this. Here's Patrick just simply showing you that it's happening on the other side. Why do the Donbass people not matter? Now, not long ago, just a few hours ago, this apartment building came under a shelling. We can see the damage. Uh, we can come a little uh, closer. We can even see. Oh, by the, by the way, I didn't want to download every one of these videos, so it might be a little bit low. I apologize if the sound is a little bit low. Just turn up the volume. I, there's a lot of videos. I want to go through them reasonably quickly. But so first of all, what he's showing you is, is a residential apartment building. And he gives you the numbers. Multiple, I've seen multiple people discuss this. These are, these, are, these are easy to verify. People on the ground are speaking on the record, but you do not get this in reverse. And in fact, what we're talking about is the same, what they're pointing at, what they're claiming is a place that was inside the, Don, the Don, Donetsk region. I still find it absolutely absurd to pretend that that's happening. And I mean, what's their argument here? That Russia just decided to attack this Donbass region, that the, the entire premise of what they're doing? It, it makes no sense at all. At the very least, we should try to just make up some kind of a narrative. You can't just continue to be like Putin bad guy maniac, which is what they're doing. That's all they have. And literally they're proving by his own actions that's the opposite. He's calculating. You could call him a villain. In fact, I find every government to be in that category, but he is far more calculating than they give him credit for. In fact, he's very, he's clearly better at this game than they are because they continue to get exposed. Doesn't mean good or bad. It just simply means that they are continuing to play this game in a way that out that shows who is. I mean, I guess I would argue exposes one side of the manipulation a hell of a lot more than the other. Fair way to put it. Uh, the amount of uh, debris that fell off of this apartment building. Um, we can hear a dog barking inside. It's clear that there are people that live here. Uh, We've talked to a couple people on the scene here, and one person in particular said he actually saw the explosion, said he saw it coming from the direction of Pesky, uh, where Ukraine is, and he says this is something that happens on a daily basis, uh, Ukraine firing on this residential area, and they say there's no military objects or military bases or positions near here. Uh, this is just a civilian area on the edge of Donetsk, on the front line of this eight-year war. This isn't just the front line of this last two-week war. This war has been going on here for eight years. 
Uh, so we're going to continue to uh, show you exactly what's going on. You can hear it from the residents themselves, and then we're going to move on. Stop raising the slow down. So I recommend you go through here and listen to what these people have to say. I mean, you can continue to feel free to call them whatever you want. I mean, they, they, this could be made up. You could call it, but the point is without knowing for sure, this should be taken just as much as face value as whatever other side you're listening to. And in fact, you'll find quite quickly that yours and there's an endless stream of these coming from not just Patrick Lancaster. And all you really get on the other side is a couple of, a couple of specific people, images, and statements from Western press. There's really not much more, but I, I just am actually baffled today how clearly coordinated this all is. But go through and watch and see that these people are continuing to tell you that their homes are being attacked. This has never stopped. That these are just regular people suffering through what's happening. And these people's lives apparently aren't as important. Here's Patrick on March 9th. Ukrainian refugees come to Russian-controlled territory, which is, by the way, what we keep telling you. Even what some Western press reported, which I guess they weren't supposed to, telling you that there's been if one report said 18,000 people coming from inside Ukraine into Russia, and this is exactly what they're trying to frame as not okay. But I mean, ask yourself what how this makes sense. And here's the video of it. And by the way, again, even Western press reporting it. How does it make sense for these people to be fleeing toward Russia if what's happening is Russia attacking people that are fleeing? Just think about that for a second. 18,000, we're going to pretend like they'll just ran into the face of bombings because what? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of that where you're able to see that it just doesn't add up. And here's some video documentation of these people. And right now we're in the southern part of the DPR, Russian uh, controlled territory of the Russian Ukraine uh, war zone. And right behind me is a bus that's just arrived that is reportedly uh, holding some of the refugees. Uh, now, really quickly, take note of something. Take note. See the camera behind him? The person to the right? These are, this is press. There is, at, there is legit press on the ground. And I shouldn't say it like that. I just mean like in the context how we view it, that there are, you know, you know, the kind of corporate massive outlets with their big cameras and everything there. Now, where's the reporting of this? Where, where, where is the documentation, right? Because they're calling this fake news, but apparently there's plenty of other people filming it, but apparently no one wants to admit it except Patrick Lancaster. Coming from the hard hit areas, we're going to find out a little more information and talk to the uh, people here to see what the real situation is. But it looks like this ceasefire for this uh, uh, that's been trying to go on for several times now has finally made some headway and some people are getting evacuated. Now, I wanted to take note of something really quickly that image right there. Yeah, I think this might even be the same bus. No, that does look different. Never mind. I'll come back to it. All right, so here, here are Russian paramedics going in saying, are there any wounded? Right? I mean, you know, you could argue all day that this is staged, and that certainly could be possible. But just recognize what a contradiction this is to what they say is happening. Right. And it's the same thing we saw in Syria, by the way. And yes, that matters. Right. The, the things that we verified that in Syria, they lied about the corridors where Russia was, in fact, helping these people. And, and, and the opposite was being stated. Right. And this was on the record. People like Vanessa and plenty of others made it very, very, very clear. So we need to consider that reality that they all they, they lied about it in Syria. Why wouldn't they be lying about it here? And here is some documentation of them helping people that are coming from Ukraine. It just doesn't add up. 
да, показывается, да, Right, and you know you can see plenty of people that are being that are hurt. And remember, don't forget, we already have the report of the people that were trying to flee, who dropped their arms and ran to the Russian side, not because they were overrun, but because they wanted to side with the Russians. And the Ukrainian military shot them in the back or tried to. That was reported by Western press. Look, like, none of this adds up with the way they're trying to frame this. But it seems pretty clear that these people are bad. I mean, we know that, by the way, that they are very clear white supremacist extremists that have been funded and armed by the CIA since 2014. In fact, they created the situation. They've admitted that. They've been told, they've been openly stating they're planning for, a, for, for an insurgency. That was on foreign policy. That was written by a CIA guy. Like, they're telling you this is happening. So we need to think about whether these people are being hurt by, and by what side. And the very least recognize that it seems to contradict what they're saying. But let's keep going forward. Here is a video that is pretty contradictory. Where Sky News, as I said, well, Sky News tried to talk to these people. And before I even read what I said, you're going to love what this guy has to say. It's pretty embarrassing for them. Now, I argue that if this is even remotely what they say it is, the way this guy responded is ridiculous. This is not the way somebody responds when they're overwhelmed with concern and, and whatever else they're trying to frame it as. Especially, watch the way she tries to set this up. This is what propaganda looks like. Don't worry. Okay, they're they're very stressed. Tell me quickly. Are you? They're they're very stressed. Very stressed. Make sure you realize they're very stressed. Okay, let's talk to them. All right. I'm all right. And how how many people are trapped I in there? Legalized. Four twenty. American. British. 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 Uh, how many more? Cannabis legalized in uh, Great Britain. Pardon? Uh, is uh, cannabis legalized in? Great Britain? <laughs> I don't know whether cannabis uh, cannabis is licensed. I'm glad that's all you're thinking about. How embarrassing, right? Way to try to not recover that ridiculous interview. Like th this is, they're very stressed. Let's look at them being very stressed. And he's just like, far 20, right? American, like it's just, that's not, I mean, look, let's just being objective. That could be one guy that just happens to be totally okay with war and he's not stressed out at all. But it does not give the picture that they keep stressing it does. And you know what that looks like? An impromptu actual interview, as opposed to the ones where it's clearly cultivated and it's off to the side. And they got one guy and it, we know how they manipulate those things. We know we've seen the images around the, from every conflict we've ever seen from the US government to the UK before that, or however, Britain, however you want to look at it, they, they know how to manipulate what you see. It is called war propaganda and all sides do it. So when this happens, it's pretty embarrassing. It clearly, as I said, shows they are very stressed. Way to try to set up that narrative. Now here is Patrick Lancaster speaking with one of these Ukrainian refugees, and he's recounting his moments of the Russian special forces saving him. Again, doesn't mean you should take the face value, question it like everything else, but just recognize that nobody in the Western press is even trying to let you see what's being stated on the other side. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Mariupol. Uh -huh. He's from Mariupol. And, uh, how long have you been here? Oh, here. Let me do this. In case it might be too low for some of you. Let me get the uh, subtitles real quick. Wait, it's looking for United States. Hold on. English right there. In this school, yes. this uh, town, it calls uh, our uh, 
two days I one day I was in the middle of the battle. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. In Mariupol. In Mariupol. And then uh, the guys from uh, reconnaissance. Uh, uh, yeah, reconnaissance is soldiers. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. I take me. I was going home from my parents to my family. My family and parents are right now in the Marubu and I don't know what is what's going on. Okay, you, so you're saying uh, I was uh, going walking uh, on the street and uh, the battle uh, the battle starts in front of me. Uh huh. The bullet was. Uh, uh huh. Uh, so the reconnaissance soldiers saved yeah. you, or yeah, yeah, we can say that. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they saved me, but they they saw that I'm uh, the Ukrainian soldier. Uh huh. And some and uh, for days I was uh, I was um, under under investigation. Uh huh. Right. So th this is a really important point. The way that they're framing the Russian maniacs with no regard for human life, are we really going to pretend that it makes sense for them to, if they regarded him as, an, as a Ukrainian soldier, that they would make sure he wasn't. And then when they found out he wasn't, they let him go. As opposed to bombing him indiscriminately because he's a civilian in Ukraine. Who cares, right? I mean, it's just, it's so childish the way they're trying to frame it. Especially as we know the U.S. government has acted in far worse manner in every other field of war they've ever been in. But here we are watching the Russian, if you take, if, if you're, you know, and please question this like everything else, watching the understanding that they are treating these people under the laws of, or the rules of war. I mean, I don't, I mean, do you really, I mean, look, I, I could continue to put my thoughts on it. The bottom line is this does not represent the, what the picture they're painting about what's actually going on. Now, what we do know, and I, we've proven to you is what these white supremacist extremists have been doing and what they're currently doing and what they say they want to do. I don't know why that doesn't matter. They're on the record saying they want to do this stuff. But we're like, nope, nope, force those people back under their control because freedom. Now here's going, now we're back on March 5th. Patrick Lancaster, Ukraine war shelling continues to hit Donetsk. I'm Patrick Lancaster, and right now we are in the city of Makevka, basically a suburb of Donetsk. And last night there was a shelling attack here on this street, Nikitina. And behind me is the address number eight. And it said that the but a shell exploded here and shrapnel went through their home. This piece of shrapnel was one of them that went into their uh, kitchen. Now, the point, guys, is this is this is not like the argument they're making. This is the law. The logic would be like saying that this was bombed by Russia. How does that even remotely make sense? Sure, you could argue like a wayward shell or rocket, but it doesn't make any logical sense to argue that they're when when the front line is far from this, that they would be bombing these places. This is Ukrainian shelling intentionally aiming at civilian locations. It's not hard to point out, and it's been happening for eight years. That's what's so frustrating about this. 14,000, as I understand it, that's coming not just from Russian sources. That's coming from a lot of different locations that have been following this, like, like Vanessa and people like Eva Bartlett. I mean, this is valid discussion, but nobody cares because the, the propaganda has overtaken this conversation. But we already watched this one in the past. You can He goes inside the home. He talks to the family, and they tell you this has been happening. This is just normal stuff. We get shelled. We run inside. I mean, it's pretty horrific. Now, here's the one that I've showed recently. 
where it's graphic. So just be aware that we're this, this is the center of the Donetsk region. This is a, a gigantic civilian location. And he's showing you that they're shelling this location and that people died. This was on March 1st. Did you see a report like this from the Wall Street Journal? No, you didn't hear anything about it. Why is that? I'm Patrick Lancaster, here in the center of Donetsk, the capital of the Donetsk People's Republic. As you see behind me, the city is still trying to live. But unfortunately, not everyone is living here in the center at the, the uh, Miners Square, uh, uh, Plushet Shakurs, as they uh, call it. Yeah, just so you get clarity, so that, this is the center, this is the town square. And this is where the bombing's taking place. Let's not let's make sure you realize that's not by accident. There is an attack by Ukraine forces. And this attack sent shrapnel across this high rise here. And and you can see all the windows blown out. The impact of the See, now that is what a bomb looks like. That's what a bombed area looks like, right? Now compare that with what we're talking about over here. Or where was it? I mean, look, guys, is there any evidence of a, of a shell? I mean, you can still see the paint, the white and yellow along the whole area of the corner. There's not even a discoloration on the ground. So either they moved these bodies, which would be very suspicious, and then took pictures of them, or it's a lie. Well, I guess both would be, but ultimately this just doesn't make any sense. Now, it does look to me, if I had to make an assumption, that these, these were moved off the street, like the way that looks, like just to be very honest about that. I mean, that's, that's but see, this is different. We're not talking about some crime scene kind of images they're throwing at you right here. This is him just happening upon the scene when nobody's paying attention to what's happening there. Like these people aren't waiting for the police to show up and waiting for the news to report how these people got bombed. No, they're just scooping their remains off the street and getting on with their lives. That's what it li- that's what it's like to live in a place like this or like Palestine or Syria or Iraq or Afghanistan, the places where they don't care what's going on, only when they use it politically. That's what that's what the horrific reality of these people's lives. Here is March 1st. Artillery hits apartment building in the in the center of Donetsk. Right now, we are in the center of Donetsk, the capital of the anti-Ukraine government, Donetsk People's Republic. And right behind me, you see the building number 21 Panfilova here in the center of Donetsk. And just less than two hours ago, shells came raining down on this residential area from Ukraine-controlled territory. We see these two cars here that were destroyed by the shelling. And the shrapnel flew across this apartment building, which had many people in it. The people are inside hiding now because they're afraid Ukraine is going to launch more shells on this apartment building. We're right next door to the uh, to one of the hospitals here in the center of Donetsk. You see, none of this makes it out. And that's not, there's been hospitals and children, a lot of these places have been bombed. The, the kindergarten that they claim was the other way around. That was inside of the, the Luhansk region. But no, you don't get that. You get the you get the one-sided narrative and you get every you get silence around stuff like this. Doesn't this matter? You can, this stuff is you can these are things being vindicated like they're being 
discussed and verified by other individuals as well on the ground. I don't know why, at the very least, it's not getting the same. I do know why, but I want you to ask yourselves why you're not seeing this in comparison. Even if it's to point out that he's fake news, lying about this or that, right? You don't get that. Here, this is on February 26th. Now we're getting back to the beginning where, before this technically started, massive cluster bomb hits Donetsk oil plant in civilian areas. This is right in the beginning. Somebody, somebody's saying, by the way, that he sounds anxious. Well, yeah, I mean, he's in the middle of a war zone, right? Two hours ago, these things had just fallen. I would argue he, I mean, and you could tell this guy gets pretty pumped up. I mean, there, there are, by the way, you can see there's videos down here of uh, the one I was just watching right here. And this one, he, this, he, these grad missiles fall like right as he's reporting. I mean, this guy's, I'm sure he's had some pretty close calls, but you know, as always, for all we know, this could be completely fake. I don't know why we wouldn't ask that about anything we're looking at. But until we know that, we should consider all of it from all sides. But that's not what's happening, which, as you know, that's my point today. Now we've moved on to the Kurovsky uh, district of Donetsk, and uh, we're told that a... Uh, a- Ukrainian Tochka'u might have uh, come down in this uh, uh, yard of this home. So we're going to have a look. That is a big rocket. And this is the uh, Tochka'u, which started uh, manufacturing in uh, Moza. Wow. I've never quite seen one of these up close. That is a big rocket. And this is the uh, Tochka'u, which started uh, manufacturing in uh, 1976 and uh, has gone until now. And the dado version of the name is the Scarab. Um, and it's got a range between 70 kilometers. So this one in general, my, my obvious point would be simply that it doesn't make sense to me that the fence would still be there, but I don't know how this thing fell or how these things work or whether it exploded. I don't even know, but I just, you know, we have to always point these things out. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean necessarily that Patrick is somebody who is knowingly doing that or rather just reporting on what he sees in front of him. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if there's fake stuff on all sides of this, right? This is my point. We need to be critical of all of it, but there's a hell of a lot more of just data points coming from one side of this. And here's my point about why some of these things are offensive and inappropriate, right? Here, this, this, is, this is 18 plus uh, teachers killed in school shelling of school. The blame goes to Ukraine. I think that was the, this one here. Yeah. Well, my point is, so this is unallowable, right? Here's the front page of the Wall Street Journal. By the way, take a look at that corner. Doesn't that look familiar? It should. Where were we? Same corner. It's interesting. Okay, so there's a corner. There's a corner. And you can even see the same statue right there behind it. So are these the same people? Were they rearranged differently? Like, why? I just, are we really going to pretend like this is from March 6th? This is posted today, right? So why are we staging these things in the same location, huh? Does that make sense to anybody? And, you know, are these, are, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous that we're going to pretend that that's not very, very suspicious. And very, both of them seeming quite staged, personally. 
In any case, guys, the point is this is totally acceptable. Russian artillery kills Ukrainian civilians fleeing suburb. Well, when you dig into this, you'll find out, well, there's no real verification of that other than what you're hearing from Ukrainian white supremacist government, who clearly is being funded, manipulated by an outside force. But we take that at face value because we've chosen a side. Pretty interesting. Now, here's the video. I'm not going to, it's eight minutes long, but I was going to play the beginning. One that seems that he's very upset about, and he rightly so. I'm Patrick Lancaster, and right now we're in Gorlivka, right next to school number 50. And here today, for the third time this week, I'm doing a report on civilians that have been killed by Ukrainian shelling. Third time this week. You realize this, this is February 25th. This is the day this was supposed to be the, the actual invasion actually started. My point is, schools, hospitals, civilians have been bombed for eight years, but well up until this started. And this is one of the reasons why Russia and their argument is that they did this, because these people were being directly targeted and attacked more than they had been up until now, or at least recently up until then. Right? Doesn't that matter? These are verifiable things, guys. These hospitals have been bombed. These people are being hurt and nobody cares. I don't understand why that makes sense. Third time. And uh, here, like the other locations, these innocent civilians have been killed by this uh, shelling. It just can't continue. We're going to talk to the people here. And this isn't my opinion. This was Ukrainian shelling. This is what the, the re residents and the witnesses say. Every time I'm on, um, on a location where Ukrainian is attacking civilian areas, we can see the uh, evidence of these shells right here. These shells hit the, excuse me, these pieces of shell hit this building right here. These huge pieces of shrapnel flew across this area and turned this school into cottage cheese. And we can see where these all the windows have been knocked out. We can see the impacts that have been made on the side of the school. We can see, unfortunately, the two victims laying here because this was not long ago. These women lost their lives. This is a school. Two teachers killed. Now, it looks like someone in the chat is saying that the children's hospital was debunked. If you, you know, follow up with something, if you got something, give it to the mod to put a link in the chat or something, we can check it out. Uh, I mean, we're, I'm assuming we're talking about the discussion of today about the maternity hospital. I mean, I'd I'd, I'm curious to see what people are saying about it because for my opinion, I don't find this to be a valid argument for multiple reasons, especially because it's coming from officials and that's all from a, a white supremacist government that's being funded by the US government that's been lying re repeatedly as well as the fact that this is something that, what was the other thing in here, uh, was... Oh, the, the location in general. That I don't understand why it makes sense that this we bombed in the Donbass region, right? Well, let me know in the chat, by the way. So, zip 25th, showing them on the ground, showing the schools. This was happening long before this started.
Now here was the 21st, right? So four days before Putin would be, you know, created, you know, invaded after no, no reason whatsoever how they try to frame it, right? But before that, here's Ukrainian shelling two schools in Donetsk, two, two different places. We already played this for you. The point is you can see the windows, you can see this discussion, and you can see them speaking to people on the ground, discussing this. He gives you the numbers of the places on the locations on the ground. Doesn't matter, guys. Nobody cares about this. Nobody get, Nobody cares that it's been ongoing, that these people have been suffering, that these the, the, the entities on the side of the Ukrainian government have been openly saying they want to kill these people, have been openly hacking them. I mean, they're not secret about this. We've, op- we've, told, we've, let, we've read to you what they say about what they want to do around the world, and especially in the Donbass region. And why that doesn't matter is beyond me. Here he is back on February 21st. Ukraine shells two schools in Donetsk region. This isn't, these are different videos, guys. These are continuing. Here's back to February 21st. Ukraine mortar attack kills civilian. Oh, I see what he's doing. 18 plus is like, it's graphic. There's a graphic warning on this one. Civilians being killed waiting for a bus in Donetsk. Think about that, guys. I don't, I don't need to show it more graphic. I believe this one's quite graphic. Here's his, here's his account if you want to check it out. Please follow. He puts them up every single day. Children living in bomb shelters their entire lives. Now, the point is that this is being disregarded because... Whatever it is, they say fake news because it says a certain thing we don't agree with. But this is happening all across the board. And it's gotten it's gotten irrational. It's gotten, in fact, overtly racist and hypocritical. Here is Vancouver Russian community vandalized with blue and yellow paint. Right? Can you imagine if this was in reverse? You'd see it all across every platform. They would call it, oh my God, they're attacking the Ukrainians and the Russian bad guys. Well, what about the Russian people? Do they not matter? Well, Russia bad no matter what, apparently, right now. That's why we're isolating them. Oh, just the government? Nope. Every single person in Russia, because they all suck, right? That's what they're telling you. All of them bad, except Putin says we're fighting for the Russian people as we attack them and remove their paying platforms and, and kick them out of their sports and remove them and fire them from Ikea and from every other business we're kicking out of them. But we're all fighting for you right? How childish do they, I mean, they are utterly ridiculous. This should matter regardless of what side it is, right? Oh, you, you see, oh my God, they put a swastika on this or that and everyone's everything everywhere. And, you know, sometimes you can prove that these things have been done by the very people trying to create the fervor that's happened and been proven to be so. Why doesn't it matter that we're looking at this and this, this is not, this is considered a hate crime, but right now, nobody would talk about this. Right. Nobody's going to even when you read the article, it's it's done from a different point. This is the exact thing that they would lose their minds about if it was in reverse. This is absolutely insane. A hospital in Munich, Germany right now is openly saying from now on they won't even treat Russians or Belarusian citizens. Do you know why this isn't surprising? Because it's exactly what they were doing with the vaxxed and unvaxxed manipulation. These people are still in the psychosis lockstep of this kind of mania. Are you really going to tell me it's not about the people when you're literally saying we're not going to treat Russian people? Are they the government? It doesn't even matter anymore. They're, this has gone off the rails. They have lost control of this extremist mentality they've pushed on people. And I think that's what they wanted. Are you really going to pretend that it's okay to not treat people who are hurt just because of their nationality? Isn't that literally what you claim you're fighting? It's because they don't fight. They don't care about any of this. They pretend to fight for the things that you think you care about because they want to emotionally manipulate you. You shouldn't be okay with this, no matter what you believe. This is disgusting. This is, this is inhuman. Here's the article directly from a main outlet in Germany. Shocking statement on the Ukraine war. 
Eat Trust Clinic refuses treatment for Russians and Belarusians. Average people. These people need to be held accountable. This is disgusting. Here's Putin, or excuse me, Biden. Today's inflation report is a reminder that Americans' budgets are being stretched by price increases and families are starting to feel the impacts of Putin's price hike. This is how stupid they think we are. This is how childish they think. They treat you like you're a three-year-old. Oh, is it Putin's price hike? Just because we call it Putin, everything's Putin's thing, right? Now it's Putin's bad this, Putin's that, Putin's the bad weather. It's Putin's bad weather, right? It's whatever we can just, yeah, he did it somehow. Fake news. Putin's price hike, right? Not that we've destroyed our economy and that we've watched this inflation continue long before this started or the gas prices long before this started, but it's just Putin's price hike. Whatever you can throw at his feet to say, bad guy, just like you did with Trump, just like you do with anything you want to use because you're dishonest. But I, he says, I'm fighting to bring down the everyday prices that we created while calling it Putin's price hike. Childish. Here's breaking news. Propelled by surging costs for gas, food, and housing, consumer inflation jumped 7.9% over the past year. Oh, you mean in the last couple of weeks? No, the last year. The sharpest spike since 1982. But it's all Putin's fault, right? Just keep blaming Putin because that's the easy thing to do. Because you know that your partisan maniacs will side with you and shout down anybody that says anything different because you're a liar, fake news. You're dangerous to our democracy. Or they just only want to side with their narrative because it makes them feel good. Are we really going to pretend that the gas prices that even Putin admitted, I keep saying that, even Biden admitted it have only gone up 75 cents during this process, but have risen the other $2 since this is long before this started, or that inflation has ruined these, these things are destroying your life and your, and your dollar, your spendability of that dollar because of the actions of your government, period. It's just obvious. And if you think otherwise, you're lying to yourself for political reasons. Now, here are some comments I want to, before we finish this into the COVID-19, some comments from Washington Post, an article that says NATO and the U.S. And here's, here's by the way, another example of why what Putin was arguing from, from the NATO discussion was a valid point. Regardless of that was actually why he did it. He, they, he has been continuing to say that every step closer with NATO is a red line. And all they do is keep pushing closer and acting like when he responds to that red line crossing that they did, that he's the one taking action. It's exactly what they do everywhere else. Doesn't matter what happens. The moment that the Yemenis fight back, oh, they're the ones every time. Even though Saudi Arabia violated ceasefire for ceasefire and the UN pointed it out, the moment that they step forward or they don't pull back, oh, they're violating it. It's all them. Every single time in Yemen they do that, the Saudis have stepped in and taken more land during ceasefire, just like they're claiming Russia is doing. And every time they ignore it. This says NATO and U.S. see darker days ahead in Ukraine. Of course, they continue to say we rule out the no-fly zone, but it's exactly what they said in Syria and other places up until they did the no-fly zone, right? And they do this game every time. Act like they're all, we're reluctant heroes. We don't want to do it, but we will if we have to. That's ridiculous. They, I get, in my mind, they probably they can't wait to do this to drive these actions. They're just probably waiting until they can frame it just right. So it's, it's humanitarian. We have to do it for everybody, even though that's going to be a red line that will be crossed yet again like all their others. But here's what they say. Two points I want to make clear. Stoltenberg and NATO said, excuse me, said NATO was taking steps to reinforce its eastern flank and would now work more closely with Finland and Sweden, which are not NATO members. And there you go. Exactly what Putin has continued to say is happening and continued to say was a red line and they don't care. 
But now they're pointing to things they created and justifying the action that he said would be a problem. That's how they do this. Problem, reaction, solution. Now your actions are in response to what he did, but what he did was in response to that action. Oops, (laughs) but they just don't report that. He said members will offer additional support for non-NATO countries that may feel newly vulnerable to the Russian aggression that they drove into action. Exactly. They are absorbing everything. And this is what he was concerned about. On top of that, he says, quote, the terrible expectation is that the suffering we've already seen is likely to get worse before it gets better. This is Blinken speaking in Brussels. You know, Blinken, the very person who got the letter from Slotkin telling him, as he already knew, these are terrorists, these are terrible people, that the entire military is overrun by white supremacists, but we don't care, no comment. We share our ideologies, we share our shared values, Austin said, with the Azov Battalion, right. Quote, we, when we say it's likely to get worse, it's unfortunately based on everything we know about Putin's methods. So subjectively, because Putin playbook, as we know, they treat you like you're a child. Because we know that Putin does this like his playbook, his playbook we know, when it comes to seeking to subjugate another country to his will. Oh, which ones are you talking about? You mean Iraq? No, no, that was the U.S. You mean Syria? No, that was the U.S. too. Maybe Venezuela? No, that was them. Uh, Maybe Syria? No, okay, maybe, you know, let's keep going. Maybe everything in South America? Maybe the Bolivian government overthrew? No, no, no. Okay, well, point out which one the Russian government is overthrown. Oh, you're going to point to Crimea, but except they voted to go along with them. Oh, you keep going, though. They'll they'll make a fool of themselves to argue that it was all Putin's subjugating countries to Venus will around the world. No, you're talking about yourselves. You're projecting. The U.S. government has stomped over country, over country to country, subjugating them to their will and calling it freedom. And they go, we saw it in Chechnya. We saw it in Syria. Seriously. So now they're saying Putin in Syria is subjugating that country to his will. This is my point about how they frame the agreements of these countries with the allies or the people they don't like as subjugating their will. Or sort of like pointing to things that they have and saying, well, if we don't take control of this, well, we're just going to hand it to Russia. Well, no, you're not handing anything to anybody. You don't have control over those things. You pretend you do. The point is that like in Africa, I keep pointing out, China makes mutually mutual deals with these countries. And even if I will happily point out that they're strong arming them for, you know, using their power to get a better deal, at the end of the day, they're agreeing to it. Now, in reverse, they go, well, we can't just hand that to China. So the U.S. government invades and conquers and regime changes. And that's freedom. You see, the point is they're just framing them mutually agreeing to things as terrorism and problems because they don't want them to be more powerful. So they, you, they, they are the bad guy in this situation. Just like we're seeing here in Syria, Putin was invited by the government of Syria. So even if you want to frame and say Syria, bad guy. You can't then pretend that he's subjugating them to their will if they were invited and they continue to protect them. And guess what's still sound? Assad's control over the semblance of sovereignty. Russia is not controlling Syria, or at the very least, not on the surface. Now, you could argue that they are from behind the scenes. I, would, I wouldn't even quibble with that. I, I, would, I would need it proven. But the reality is that they allowed Syria to regulate and operate or, and you know rule themselves. But according to them, that's like what we're seeing. And the, all they're basically saying is this is going to continue to be suffered. The people of Ukraine will continue to suffer until we get what we want. Pretty clear to based on what they've been doing in the past. Now, in regard to the oil discussion, it's really embarrassing. U.S., as RT frames it, if you can get these to load, which it, I'll, I'll, I don't I want to try to reload it. I'll probably lose, the, lose it. It'll say can't come up. U.S. desperately turns to country it sanctioned for oil relief. Washington is seeking alternative supplies from Venezuela. How I mean this. You, if you think they care about anything, 
What do you, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of them, as this person puts it, seeking to isolate Russia over Ukraine crisis? The U.S. turns to Venezuela, a government that earlier called illegitimate. So you're willing to work with the illegitimate government? How does that make any sense based on all your fancy morals and integrity that you absolutely don't have but pretend to? It shows you that nothing is sacred to them. They will work with whoever, people like Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden, and up until they're no longer useful and then they throw them under the bus. That's how these people work. They're the villains. It's time to see that, to see how they're playing this game. And at the moment that it doesn't work, they will go right back to starving Venezuela and whatever else they're trying to accomplish, because that's what they do. And I'm not saying that because RT said it. I'm saying that because it's factual and you can very clearly recognize how insultingly stupid it is for them to attack, destabilize, starve, sanction this government in the moment they need them to go, oh, now we're going to pretend to work with you like you're normal again. That's not what honorable people do. This is just the perfect, this is perfect. I, I, this made my day. As I said, this is the best thing I've seen in a while. A site that is openly satire, the Babylon Bee, is being opinion checked by USA Today. Let's start that, by the way. These are, because that's what they are, protected opinions, as was proven by Facebook. These aren't fact checks, they're opinion checks. Let's call them that. The Babylon Bee is being opinion checked by the USA Today. How embarrassing. Now, my opinion, the actual reason they felt the need to do that is because they have their mindless audience primed to blindly accept what they're told. So I think they were like, whoa, whoa we can't let them thinking this. Here's what it says. Satirical clout. Well, actually, here's the, here's the point. Babylon B put this out. Biden sells Alaska back to Russia so we can start drilling for oil there again. <laughs> so perfect. I love it. Making the point that we can only invade and destroy countries to get to, to, to drill for oil. And it says, thanks to the fact checkers at USA Today who have pointed out this story is satire, we would like to retract it. And we realize it's false and was entirely made up. <laughs> it's just so perfect. We do our best to only share 100% true headlines, but sometimes we get one wrong. We'll do better. They're just totally making fun of them right now. It's hilarious. This is what the Western press has become. So ridiculous that even groups that are openly satire are easily taking shots at them and making them look stupid. The fact that they felt the need to seriously fact check and say satirical, satirical claim that Biden is selling Alaska to Russia just so their dumb audience goes, oh, okay, I was sure, just wanted to be sure. I was worried it was real because they're ridiculous and they're too stupid to think past a headline and actually look into it for themselves. Because they've been trained that way. And these are the two-party paradigm people. I just, it's perfect. Perfect. It, it is the epitome of where we are today. Now, this was pretty crazy. First time in history a foreign leader was allowed to address both houses of parliament in Britain. In the British parliament. Proud it was Zelensky. Not only they let him in there to talk I mean, think about what, what, is this, what does this relate to in your mind? Netanyahu speaking at the Congress. Exactly the same thing. It's unprecedented and it's unusual until you realize that these are two, two governments that are absolutely overtaken by their propaganda apparatus. And the whole point is to normalize one side while disregarding the other. That's not what objective anything does. It's about pop propaganda just like it was then. And it's all part of the same agenda, and I hope we can see that. Now, Liz Truss, 
a leader of the conservative movement in, in parties in, in UK, is criticized, and rightly so, for backing Britons who wish to fight in Ukraine. This, guys, is a psyop. I would, I would, by the way, I don't, I don't trust any ridiculous politician, but if you want to trust politicians, I would run clear of Liz Truss because I don't think she's on your side. I think she's in fact trying to set up conservatives. That's what I think. Present and former conservatives warn that anyone volunteering for combat in battle Ukraine is breaking the law. You know why? Because you are breaking the law. But of course, because it's normalized right now, we're like, yeah, go fight for them because Ukraine good. Except right up until they then go, wait a minute, all conservatives went and they're on the white supremacist side. Suddenly you're trapped. You said that can turn on that just like that on a dime because they're already setting that up. And we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about how this has been built and how it's being used and or will be used against you. Very important to understand. Here's Whitney's incredible article about this that I highly recommend you read. Al-Qaeda, Ukraine and the new Al-Qaeda, or as I framed it, the new Syria. Where the point is, it says Liz Truss has been criticized for saying she would bring Britain's home going to Ukraine or would would back Britain's going to Ukraine to join the fight against Russians, with conservative colleagues saying this would be reckless and illegal. This is a setup, guys. I feel it. My opinion. It's pretty clear they want people to go over there to frame it the way that I think they want to frame it. Now, here's the point. Here's the Sun, UK. Knowing this is against the law, framing it as an honorable thing. British lion, I'm one of the first Brits to join Ukraine. They fight like lions, and I'm proud to take on Putin with them. Right. So you're proud to help subjugate the Donbass region back under the the boot of the white supremacist government. That's what's happening, right? That's what they're fighting for. They're fighting to keep the Donbass region in a place they don't want to be. It's disgusting. And these people don't either don't know that or don't care. Here is Newsweek. And there's more, a few more things I want to point out in regard to the manipulation. And this is how they're playing this game. Russia calls for Cold War-esque relations with the U.S. Now, is that what happened? Did they stand up and say, we want to go back to the Cold War? Which, Well, that's sure as hell how all of the Western press is dishonestly framing it, as they always do. As it says, a top Russian foreign ministry official has used the Cold War as a reference point for ideal relations between Moscow and Washington, D.C. Well, that's not even remotely what happened. They're not saying this is the ideal situation. And that's so inherently dishonest from Brendan Cole, because that's what their job is, to lie in the right way to you. Alexander, the director of the North American Department of the Russian Foreign Ministry, suggested that the the era beset by the hair-trigger tensions over the threat of nuclear war was what Moscow and Washington, D.C. should aspire to as the war Moscow started and Ukraine rages on. You should, I mean, that's garbage. Now, I mean, I'll read to you what, he quotes what they say. Now, watch how stupid it is to frame it the way he did. Quote, we are open to honest and mutually respectful dialogue to the extent that the United States is ready for this. First. Whoa. Yeah, clearly they want the Cold War, right? Quote, perhaps it would be worth recalling the well-forgotten principle that happened to work during the Cold War, peaceful coexistence. He said that the values and ideals that divide us should not be imposed on each other. He said that the understanding this in, that understanding this in terms of Russia and the United States, special responsibility for the fate of the world as nuclear superpowers. Normalcy and relations between our countries will come back. That's, seriously. Let me read to you again how this ridiculous fake news journalist framed what he just said. The director of the North American Department of Russian Foreign Ministry suggested that the era beset by hair-trigger tensions over the threat of nuclear war was what Moscow and Washington, D.C. should aspire to in the war that they started. 
I mean, how this is ridiculous. They don't even care. They're not even trying anymore. In case you want to understand my perspective on it, here's what he's actually saying. That during the Cold War, we were still able to maintain peaceful coexistence. That we had values and ideals that divided us, but it shouldn't be imposed on each other. They're not saying, let's go back to the Cold War. They're saying that in that time, we were still able to do this. And clearly, that's not happening right now. They frame that as, we want to go back to the war. These are children. I mean, these are absolute, mindless, idiot children that are, that are willfully misrepresenting anything in front of them because they see it as a profit or beneficial to their career. Or they're too stupid to see that they don't know what's happening. But you're re if you're citing what he says, this is a dishonest propagandist. It says, despite saying a deliberate deterioration of relations between countries, quote, is not our tactic and not our style. So despite saying that's not even remotely what they want, he took swipes at the U.S. and repeatedly and repeated the Kremlin's justification for the war and its stumbling blocks for diplomats. So basically, he said what we've claimed is fake. So therefore, he's a liar. We don't trust him. How about you didn't prove any of that? How about what he's saying has been maintained from the very beginning and their actions haven't contradicted that? You just continue to say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They don't mean that, but they're about to break it. Just wait. It makes me sick that these are the people that are being listened to. He referred to the U.S.'s hostile actions and arrogant disdain for Russian demands for legally binding security guarantees. The non-deployment of strike weapons near its borders and the return of NATO's military capabilities to what they were before 1997. Every single one of those are verifiably violated. They're pointing at those things. We can prove those things, but apparently that doesn't matter to this journalist. Quote, it is clear that Ukraine, which is bankrupt, rulers plunged into disaster. He's talking about the U.S.-backed government is only a tool for the United States in a geopolitical confrontation with Russia. That's what Putin is saying, or rather the Russian government. Quote, Washington will need time to get used to the fact that its hegemony in the, is in the past and will have to reckon with the national interest of Russia, which has its own sphere of influence and responsibility. Quote, peaceful coexistence has two words. This is coming from Blinken. The first is peaceful. This is the most obviously violent and, and destructive government on the planet saying that Putin is being contradictory by claiming he wants peaceful coexistence. Please point to me the countries that the, the Russian government has stomped around overthrowing and starved to death. Crimea seems to be doing just fine. They want to be there, and they'll say that if you happen to ask. Quote, Russia's doing everything in its power to make a mockery of that word through its aggression in Ukraine, says the Estonian prime minister. So nobody cares about what's going on in Yemen, what's currently happening still in Syria from Israel or any of these locations. Nobody cares. But because of what they're doing in Ukraine that was driven to action, they are making a mockery of peaceful coexistence, says these ridiculous fake news journalists. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. And again, as much as this will be framed that way, in no way am I suggesting that they're not capable of this or that they haven't done this in the past or couldn't be doing it now. My point is that we need evidence for those things. And people are outraged that I don't just blindly assume that Putin bad guy because they're ridiculous. Zelensky calls Putin's theater nuclear threats a bluff, show of weakness. This just happened. This is Zelensky pointing back at what wasn't a nuclear threat. That's what I, it's, it's willfully dishonest. Now, yes, it was meant to point at it, just like the U.S. does on a regular basis. In fact, like Trump and even Biden or Obama before him, 
will be very clumsy about their arguments. Like Trump would literally point at some, we'll do, we'll do something far worse than what we did in the past. Well, that's, you were pointing at nuclear weapons. So what's worse than that? Or Biden talking about a just bloody destructive war. Like these are openly contentious. What Russia said was discussing our nuclear readiness. And all they were saying was just like the U.S. would in a much more blunt way that we're increasing our nuclear readiness because of the overt military actions they've been taking on our border. Are we going to pretend that Russia taking actions on the border of Mexico or in Mexico on the border of the United States, the U.S. wouldn't increase their readiness? But because they stated the obvious, they represented that as he's threatening nuclear action. You mean exactly like the U.S. government has done a hundred times since the only country ever used nuclear weapons and that was them on Japan? Oh, that's right. It is perhaps more provocatively, Zelensky made comments on Russia's previous raising of the nuclear readiness level, calling Putin's threat of nuclear weapons a bluff. Yeah, that didn't even happen. He didn't threaten anything. He said, we're increasing our nuclear readiness. The response to Moscow's raised nuclear posture was given to German's newspaper, he said, quote, Zelensky went on to say that Putin's nuclear threat shows a weakness. No, the weakness is openly threatening violence, which is what our government does on a regular basis. That's weak. You only threaten the use of nuclear weapons when nothing else is working. Yeah, again, take a shot at history and recognize how often our government has done that. It says every use of nuclear weapons means the end of for all sides, not just for the person using them. And you know why we know that? Because of the U.S. government. Down here it says discussions and negotiations quick updates. Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov will travel to Turkey today. Russian Foreign Ministry said the aims of the operation do not include the overthrowing of the government. Sure, they could be lying, but let's probably wait and see before we start subjectively telling everybody we know what he's about to do. Right. So Pisaki will tell you, we don't know what's on his mind when asked directly about things they're doing, except they will happily wax intellectual about how we know his playbook. And of course, he's going to take the country because that's what Putin does. Yeah, that's exactly what you just pretended you don't do, except that's all you do. Then he goes on to say, Russian's Kremlin, Kremlin says Russia has made no decision on nationalizing foreign assets. You know, exactly what the U.S. government does everywhere that it goes. Interested in continuing talks with Ukraine on possible compromise with Ukraine. Crimea is Russian region, must be recognized as such. And they make very clear to say that Donetsk and Luhansk are sovereign republics, not part of Russia, but sovereign republics and must be recognized as such. Why would he put down as a point that they need to recognize them as independent if he was only going to annex them? Wouldn't that then create the next battle? That seems stupid. Certainly could be a move. All I'm saying is at this point, recognize that his narrative is continuing to see consist consistent with what the actions on the ground are. Once there's an action that challenges those things, I'll point it out myself. They've already acknowledged their independence and are fighting for their independence. Now, I would even argue to go as far as to say by taking that stance, even if he means it, is advantageous because of how clearly contradictory it is to what the U.S. government does. In fact, they're taking a stance that is actually what they pretend to be doing, even if he doesn't agree with it, even if it's just to state that in contradiction to what the U.S. is doing. You see what I'm saying? It's advantageous to play the good guy, even if he's not. But it doesn't really matter at this point when you're continuing to see the actions back it up. Right there. Not that they say that's what's happening and that who they are, but they recognize their independence. It's pretty embarrassing to see that the U.S. of all places would choose to not recognize the independence, the Declaration of Independence, when that's like the only thing they care to point at when it's the last thing they're doing everywhere. It's insulting to your intelligence. Finally, U.S. President Biden tweeted, this, is, this much is already clear. Ukraine will never be a victory for Putin. Putin may be able to take a city, but he will never be able to take a car. You know why he's saying that? Because Putin keeps saying he's not going to do that. So this is a way to possibly make it look like you succeeded when you didn't. 
Right. So when he just continues to do what he says he's going to do, which is not take the country, they're going to go see, we pushed him back. That's a win. They'll take their cheap fake wins anywhere they can, which is what they always do. Mission accomplished. Right. 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 Biden. Right. Didn't we already mission accomplished over COVID? We did. Right. Yay. Just like mission accomplished after Iraq is they just say what they want. It's easy. Pro-Russia rebels, apparently, from Washington Post, still using Facebook to recruit fighters, spread propaganda in defiance of sanctions, whistleblower alleges. So, so all they care about is one side being able to speak, right? Because the, the Ukrainians, oh, happily, they got their own accounts. In fact, that's the account that we don't forget was greasing bullets with pig fat because they hate Muslims. That's the side you're fighting for, right? That's, it's, this is directly from their account. This is the Ukrainian National Guard. You, Twitter even removed it, but left it there. Make sure you see it. Azov fighters of the National Guard, right? Established by the interior, interior of the ministry in 2014, part of the National Guard, part of the police forces, has a political party. I mean, this is not some little volunteer group they keep trying to make it out to be. This is the immersed military and government of Ukraine that your government and the CIA have allowed and funded and armed and pushed into reality. So they could blame it on you. The, the idea of the white supremacist threat in the U.S. they're trying to create, that's the illusion. This is the thing they're going to use to fight it. And blame it on you. That's my opinion. Again, please read Whitney's article. Lays it out in clear color. So apparently it's totally okay for them to leave this up even. And you can even read what they say about it themselves. They're the ones talking about this. They posted this and they said, this is so they don't go to heaven. Of course, I won't let you translate it now because it's, it's, geez, people are pathetic. Because that's what that says right there. But here, you can look up this yourself. This is from Al Jazeera, making it very clear. They are openly discriminatory, openly racist, openly hateful. These are terrorists. These are the people that have been ethnically cleansing the same people. They're this is what we're talking uh, mentioning Chechnya. That's because that's what they're talking about, right? Isn't that that's exactly what they just tried to make an argument for? Where was that? That we know how he does it, like he did in Chechnya and Syria. Okay. Well, don't, don't we care about the very same people? Apparently not. As long as it's on one side, we don't care about it. But so we'll censor the other side just because they're speaking, not because they're violating any kind of rules, but just because they're present and we don't like Russians right now. But we'll happily let these disgusting people continue to be there. Here is VP Harris embracing calls for war crime probes of Russia with no sense of irony. These people are ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. This the the... In no way am I suggesting that Russia is not capable, have not committed war crimes, or possibly not even in this, but I haven't seen them proven. But what I will point out is it's absurd for anybody on this side of the U.S. government, not the American people, but the U.S. government pretending to represent the American people, to stand up and point at anyone anywhere in the world and say, utter the word war crime. Because everyone anywhere knows that's absurd. U.S. officials threatens the International Criminal Court when they begin an investigation of the U.S. war crimes. We threaten the people trying to investigate those things. Here's Bolton doing the same thing. Go back even further. Barris was appalled by John Bolton's frightening threats to the ICC. Right, they threaten their families on open social media. Nobody cares because we're good guys, right? Here's the United Nations. U.S. threats against the ICC must stop. They didn't. They didn't. Don't worry. They kept going. Going back to Obama, Obama, Barack Obama is a war criminal, says the Harvard Political Review. Here's Florida Law Review. Double tap warfare. Should President Obama be investigated for war crimes? Here's Vox. From torture to drone strikes. The disgusting, the disturbing legal legacy of leaving, that Obama's leaving for Trump. 
Here's Trump. Trump's Blackwater pardons erased the line between slaughter and justified wartime violence. 2021, how U.S. evades responsibility for war crimes in Afghanistan, says Global Times. Here's foreign policy written by the CIA. America loves excusing its war criminals. Yeah, we have no sense of ourselves in this country. It's pathetic. And they will continue to, and I ask you what I'm speaking of is the part, the illusion of the party paradigm, the extremists on the both sides of that, probably the 30, maybe 40% of the population that blindly think they're the, the majority. Those people are ridiculous. And they will blindly ignore stuff like this while happily pretending like we have to point out what Russia does because that's all that matters. How about we deal with our own crimes? How about we sweep up our own home before we start dealing with something else, right? Here's CNN stupidly arguing how the Ukraine war has exposed Western bias. Yeah, nice try, CNN. Nice try. Don't try to get ahead of the clumsy arguments you've been putting forward. This is ridiculous. Read it for yourself or I wouldn't even argue doing it. It's a waste of your time. They're just trying to frame themselves as pointing out the bias that they're absolutely a part of. Unbelievable. Now, to transition over to the last part of this. WHO Health Emergencies. Director Dr. Mike Ryan says the conditions we see in Ukraine are the worst possible ingredients for the amplification of the spread of infectious disease. Oh, I wonder if this will be used to push into the next agenda. I wonder. An outbreak is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, he added. Yeah, because that's not alarming. How strange these people are. And of course, as he points out, and what they're mentioning is here, they're, they confirmed the different locations. So far, we verified 18 attacks on health facilities. Oh, have they now? They verified them, right? Does that mean the Ukrainian intelligence told you that they saw them? Yes. There's no verification here, as he points out. No mention of the research facilities, like the bio labs that might be part of that, right? The, but the point, nonetheless, is that we're not talking about verification of anything. I, you want to send it to me? I will talk about it tomorrow. People love to say Wait, that, that I'm not, like, I, there isn't. Prove me wrong. Show me the information. Now let's finish on the COVID-19 angle here to realize how this in its entirety is very clearly, whether real or not, being used to hide the absolute disintegration of their COVID narrative. This, guys, unreal. Cases, starting with cases. This is the UK report, the newest UK report between week six and week nine. So don't forget, this is a month report, but this is the newest week of that month. It updates a week at a time, but it's a month report. It just doesn't, it continues to go in the direction that we told you that it would. So the same things we want to point out. Recognize how obviously slanted this is in one direction and recognize for whatever ridiculous reason, that the under 18 accounts for a gigantic part of the entirety of the unvaxxed total, even though they're at the least risk and the deaths are non-existent. As I told you before, I'm convinced this is gaming the numbers. Now, as we showed you before, as we'll get to in the end, even the risk per 100,000 is, as I said, beginning to slant in the other direction. Take note. I mean, just note the deaths, by the way, in most of these categories are damn near, are pretty damn close. But the point is, look at this one right here. Starting to go the other direction. Even using three dose compared to two or none, when it should be two, as there could be, they're hiding that way on the other side. So just taking 18 to 29, very quickly to point out. So right now, 18 to 29 year olds in the UK, right now you are at far more than three times the risk of getting sick that's per 100,000. Your risk of getting COVID-19 is more than three times. Then your risk of 
going to the hospital is higher. You want to explain that to me, fake news out there? Explain to me how that makes sense. Right now, you're 18 to 29, and you've got three shots in your body. You have a higher chance of going to the hospital and three times the risk of getting sick. It's 5.1 per 100,000 compared to 4.7. Your risk of dying is exactly the same. Exactly the same. Okay, 18 to 29-year-olds. Three times the risk of getting sick, higher risk of going to the hospital, the same risk of dying. Why would they get this injection? You have a higher risk. You're more likely to get sick and more likely to go to the hospital, and the risk of death is the same. So all you're doing is increasing your chances of getting sick and and going to the hospital. The dying is on the same table, which means it doesn't have any effect. But nobody cares about this because they're running from this desperately. That's why Scotland already pulled it, because their per 100,000 in every category was dramatically higher for the people with injections. That's why they pulled the rug out. But let's go through this reasonably quickly. Here's the numbers, guys, and I will keep doing this every single week, and I'll, I have a running tally of every one of them. Right now, we are on week six to nine, and this is the, la- the week nine is the update. So total cases, 927,874, down from 1,154,000. So in general, we see this dissipating because they're just not testing anymore or focusing on it, which I would argue most of these aren't even really what we think they are. Flu, pneumonia, not real at all doesn't matter. Unvaxxed account for 18% of the total cases. That's it. Which, by the way, I'll keep to- every category is like this, which is down from 21%. So in cases, the unvaxxed, in- they continue to go down, right? I mean, just here, up here, the cases were down from 30. Unvaxxed went from 30 to 21, and now it's going from 21 to 18. Every week, their risk declines. And let's not not pretend like that means the vaccinations are increasing all that much. The the total vaccination of the UK is basically stalled, like it has in most places, because people are scared about what's really going on. Here's the same as we showed you last time. It's stuck at 73%. It was like 72.8 last time we looked, like last week. So it stayed the same. And despite the fact that it stayed the same, the risk for the unvaccinated decreased, and yet again, the risk of the vaccinated increased. It went from 74 to 77% of the total. 77%. How does that make sense? The total, I should say. The amount of the, of the population increased. Under 18 in cases account for 64% of all the cases we're having in the unvaxxed. That's a lie. There's no way that makes sense based on everything else we're seeing. But here's the point as well. Boosted alone, which is supposed to be the one they tell you is the best thing, that's the one that saves you from everything, accounts for almost 60% of all the cases, all of them, which again is up from 53%. So wouldn't you argue that the more got boosted, the, the, the total would go down? Yeah, not the way this is working for any of these. On top of that, the total percentage of over 80, 90% of the people who are sick over 80 are injected. That's up from 89%. It's going up. None of this adds up. I mean, look at this, guys. These are the people that are supposed to be the most at risk. The most at risk. And you're telling me that the smallest category are the people that are over 80 and uninjected. How does that make sense? And the vast majority, over 90%, are in the boosted over 80. Now, all that really shows you, in my opinion, is that this is hurting them. Just like we put in the, the nursing home situation, it's over dramatic. It's dramatically hurting more than anything the, the people that are most vulnerable. They may compromise the over 80s. You're, you're killing them. 
and the number keeps going up. 18% unvaxxed, 77% vaxxed in regard to the cases. Going down to hospitalizations, same thing. Same idea. A huge overrepresentation in the under 18s, which I think is how they're gaming this, even though, as we'll get to, this, the deaths are zero, which wouldn't make any sense, would it, if they're being hospitalized, right? There's just, they're being, this is a manipulation. Same point, though. Dramatically overrepresented in the over 80s, dramatically overrepresented in the under 18s, and heavily slanted towards the injected. Here's the totals 7,378 down from 7,975. Unvaxxed account for 20% of the total hospitalizations, only 20%, which again, if it's 73%, that doesn't make sense, right? It should be the other way around. That's down from 23%. So the, the amount of people being hospitalized continues to decrease on the unvaxxed side and continues to increase on the side of the people getting the injection. There's no way that makes sense. 79% of the total hospitalizations in this time frame were, va- were people that were injected, up from, uh, up from 77%. Boosted alone accounts for 61% of the total. 61% of all the hospitalizations in this time frame were people that were boosted. How do you possibly make sense of that? Especially when you realize that the boosted category is lower. Right? There's your booster. That's only 57%. 57%. So you're telling me that only 57% of the population is boosted, yet it represents 61% of the total? There's no way that adds up. And it's up from 57 seems like just almost the people that it seems like when they get the booster, they get sick is what that percentage seems to suggest. Again, though, over 80s, 94% of over 80s that get sick or that get hospitalized are vaxxed. 94%. If you're over 80, you should be running from this thing. That's my opinion. I know there's, they claim the risk is higher for you than everything else, but it doesn't seem to be helping based on everything we look at. That's again, up from 83%. Now down to deaths. Now, these are first within 28 days and then within 60. 2,943 deaths in 28 days of a positive test. 90%, which is the same as it was last week in this category, 90% of all the deaths in this last time frame were injected. That is staggering. That's the title I used last time. 90%. How in the world can 90% of the deaths in this category, in this time frame, be in the people that are injected when only 73% of the total of population is fully injected? How do you possibly make sense of that? That shows you there's a problem and they're ignoring it. Only 10% of the people that died in this country in that time frame were uninjected. When, when there's apparently 25, 27% of the population who are actually uninjected. That does not make sense. And here we go. The point is from there, it's only 0.07% of under 18s that are dying. You're trying to tell me that 64% of all the hospitalizations are people over 18, yet 0.07 of them are dying? Come on. This is, they're gaming this. To, and even then, it's still showing this slant. Think about what they're running from if that's what's happening. Boosted account for 71% of all the deaths in 28 days. 71%. There's no way they would say that before. If they told you before, regardless of what the percentages of who the population got it were, they told you that 71% of the people that got it would die, maybe by coincidence, maybe for something else, you would not do it. And that's up from 68%. Same thing, 93% of the people over 80 who are dying are vaccinated. Finally, but the last one, 60 days. Gets even worse. Now it's only 8%. Only 8% after 60 days of people dying 
are uninjected. 8%. 92% of all the people dying in this time frame within 60 days of positive test were injected. 92%. That is unreal. And that's, again, up from 91. So the only, the only category, the only one out of all of this that did not increase, and actually it did, but by a small enough amount that it didn't change the percentage, was this one. It, it changed by like point something percent, but it wasn't, I, I always round these up based on the, you know, like we do with any of them. And it was just close enough not to round. The point is, they're all increasing. The total numbers of unvaxxed being problematic are going down. The total, total numbers of vaxxed are going up. And my point again is not because the percentage of people injected is increasing. It is bottomed out right now. And I'll show that again next week. Boosted alone, again, accounts for 71%, also up from 68% of the total deaths. doesn't matter if it's 28 days or 60 days. Two months later, you got 71% of people boosted dying. Or rather, up 70% of the deaths in that time frame were people who were boosted. That's different, and I want to make sure that's clear. 95%. 95% of all the deaths over 80 were injected. These are, people are being killed, whether they realize it or not. And this is just horrifying to me. It's never been more clear. It's never been more clear. And all they're doing is aggressively bleeding about something else. And I think that's part of the reason why some of these supposed journalists are so like more than I've seen in a long time, like clownishly going over the top, you know, just ridiculously subjective points about anything Russian and going along with not serving Russian people. And it's because they're, it's, they, they know they're wrong in some way. And they're so desperately trying to point at anything. Go, let's keep going this way. Keep going foreign policy. Like may I'm more, look how good a journalist I am looking over at Ukraine. Cause they know that they're caught in some degree. Some of them do. In any case, guys, this is what's happening. And they will do anything in their power to keep this from your view. Now, to finish off, as Ken points out, they're trying to get you to forget this stuff. They want to reframe this as best they can because they're caught. As he says, it's not an actual quote, but it's, he's just kind of paraphrasing what the article discusses. Forget about all those pesky inconsistencies. Just remember how much you panicked. This is a New York Times article. We will forget much of the pandemic. That's a good thing. Right. I'm sure they want that. And look, and as he points out, the picture is literally cleaning your head, literally washing your brain. Don't miss that. And the link is right down here, by the way. Or wait, it was in here somewhere. Hold on. There it is. Just do that. So I, I want to include this tweet too, because that's good. I like this tweet here. But, and here's the actual article if you want to suffer through, through it, <laughs> reading it. But I recommend you do to get your full picture as always, guys. But not, when I mean full, I mean to understand how they're trying to manipulate or maybe just to make sure that I'm not wrong, right? As always. But it's very clear. There's so much manipulation going on and it's just so incredibly dishonest. And as, as we always say from this side of the argument or this, this, from this, you know, from an objective perspective is I'm not trying to say that I have all the answers that I could, that I couldn't be wrong. It's very clear. I'm sure that I have think I have opinions and I feel pretty certain about them based on the evidence we have and the actions they've taken before. But I will always stress as I always do at the beginning and end of every show is to question everything, including myself. That's not what's, I mean, they, you won't get that from the other side because they don't want you thinking for yourself. In fact, they will go above and beyond to tell you don't do your due diligence. That's what conspiracy theorists do, which is, is it's literally war is peace. 
They're telling you what used to be a classic understanding of what intelligent people do or what a smart concept is thinking for yourself, doing your research is now the opposite. Ignorance is strength, guys, and that's what they want you to think. But you're here, you're questioning what I'm saying and everything else, which is why I believe there's, I, I know it's hard to see positive, to feel positively where we are right now. But I, I, I will continue to stress that you, with every single thing you're doing and every person you reach and every Twitter account you create for TLAV Pirate Post or every YouTube channel or everything you continue to fight for, you are making a difference. That's the only reason that they're pushing back so hard. I believe, to be quite honest, that we've already pretty much destroyed their Ukraine narrative. It doesn't mean they're going to give up. But do you realize how much we got this out there before this? I mean, they bear. I believe we're going to see the Russian imperial movement be thrown into this, and they're going to try to frame them as being somehow responsible for whatever they eventually admit to is a white supremacist problem inside of Ukraine. Or, you know, I, I don't want to go that far above and say maybe they don't because we expose it so much. My point is simply that I believe that's what's still coming. Just like we called out with COVID and it happened anyway with the vaccine passports, and they are pretty much set in this. So mark my words, as we watch this happen, I believe they're going to try to throw this forward, but I already believe that we have stopped it to a large degree because of how far ahead we've gotten on this narrative. And so too have a lot of other independent media. It's There's a lot of us that have been talking about the Ukraine regime change in Crimea, and so we're very aware of the manipulations here. So just keep fighting. Don't lose, don't, you know, don't lose momentum. Stay the course. You're making a difference whether you see it or not. They're so desperate to hide that from you right now, and that's the false majority. Just don't fall for it. Stay the course. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.